0: You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Paul Kern. I'm excited to be here with you tonight. As David said, um, I'm Paul Kern. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, I'm one of the associate pastors on staff. And uh, for the next two Wednesdays together, we're going to be doing a little uh, mini-series here on understanding prayer, and uh, I, I really don't want this to be just another generic teaching on prayer, and so one of the things that, I, that I'm going to ask you to do tonight, whether it be uh, you are here with us live, or you're watching us on Facebook, or you're connecting with us on podcast, and you're driving down the road going to work. I want to encourage you to do your very best to hear, to listen to what I'm going to be trying to impart to you at a heart level, not just in your mind, but really try to let this connect with you in a heart level, because I want to try to um, have a little conversation with you for the next few minutes just about prayer. Because, you know, it can be, prayer can be really exciting for some people, and prayer can be really confusing for other people. Prayer can be a really positive experience for some people, and it can be a really negative experience for other people. So I understand that dynamic as I'm going into this, but I am really looking forward to talking about prayer because I think prayer ought to be something we're all passionate about, honestly. I think that's something we all ought to be really, really excited about. So I want to get right into our series Prayer is communing with God. That's what it is. It's communing with God. It's it's about connecting with our Father in heaven and allowing his goodness to spill over into our hearts and spill over into our minds and transform us. Prayer is fighting in faith for the things that you're believing God for in your life and in the lives of people that you love. Prayer is also co-laboring with God. And that's a a term that I want you to understand, co-laboring or partnering with God. You know, one of the things that Jesus prayed, he said, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy what kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus just kind of modeled this position that God expects us to take with him as we co-labor with him in prayer. But before I teach some on prayer, I just want to address some misunderstandings. And and this is kind of the thing that I want to do to get us rolling. Just some misunderstandings, some obstacles that can hinder a rich life of communing with God in prayer. And the first hindrance that we have to overcome is being suspicious of God's ultimate goodness toward us. Now, I told you, you're gonna have to connect with me at a heart level, not so much at a a mind level, because I'm gonna be speaking to you tonight in a heart level. Believing that God is good is absolutely vital to having an effective life of prayer. If you don't have that fundamental understanding and belief, conviction that God is ultimately good, and his intention toward you and your family is good, then it's going to be very difficult for you to ever go deep into prayer with God and develop a prayer life that is full of life and vitality and meaning. So, believing in God's goodness, absolute bottom line, has to be a fundamental foundation in your life. And, and when it comes to the struggle of prayer, we have to always go back to God's good intention. You know, let, let, let's just think about this a minute. The original question that Satan planted, the serpent in the garden of Eden, planted in Eve's mind was suspicion over God's good intention toward Adam and Eve. He, he planted a question. See, that's what the devil does. The devil doesn't come to you with facts. The devil comes with you to you with questions. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what did, why did God do this? Or why did God do that? So he gets us in this position where our hearts are unsettled. And, and I mean, before Eve could even step into all that God had for her, sin had cast doubt about God's good intention toward her and Adam. In church, it's extremely difficult to stay empowered when we don't settle in our hearts the truth about God's good intention for our life. Intention means purpose. Okay, you can just interconnect those two words. Intention means purpose. So if we understand God's deep love for us, then when God speaks to us, we're not gonna question his purpose or his good intention toward us. Now, I say this because... You know, we all have a lot of things that happen to us in life. We all, we all have these different experiences and tests and trials and setbacks and, and hurdles and things that we encounter. And that, that right in that moment, that, that's where the fight takes place, right? You know, we're talking about prayers, fighting the good fight of faith. That's where the fight takes place. And, and, and I think we're, when we're in the middle of an everyday battle, and we start thinking about Scripture's warning about Satan, it's easy to feel weighed down. For example, John 10.10. 10. For the thief comes to kill, help me, steal, and to destroy. Okay, so, so let's just stop on that part right there because, you know, we read that Scripture and, and it's easy as, as we face trials and the things that come against us in life, it's easy to let that become the thing that we focus on. But see, when you read John 10, 10 with clarity about God's good intention, we see that Jesus isn't saying, watch out, be very scared, dread life, dread an enemy. But you know, the thing is, I meet a lot of Christians, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and that is their mentality. Watch out, boy, the devil, he's around every corner. And, you, and, you know, and they live in a fearful position as they go through life. And that's not what Jesus was conveying at all. No, it's more like this. I'm going to give you some, some hard, real facts, but only for the purpose of keeping you in the sweet spot of life. A good life that I came to give you. An abundant life that I want you to experience. A life full of joy and blessings that I've set up for you, just like I did at the very beginning when I created the Garden of Eden and placed Adam and Eve in the middle of it, and I put them there so that they would be blessed and they would have a great life. Come on, are you hearing me, church? A life that overflows, a life of anointing, a life of power, a life of peace, a life of joy. See, that's what Jesus came to bring all of us. And it's important that I lay this groundwork as we're getting into this series on prayer, because it's one of the major hindrances to a life full of power and anointing when you pray, questioning God's good intentions toward you. Because the devil wants to make us suspicious. That's his goal, that we question everything that God does. We doubt all that God does. We doubt our future. We doubt whether or not God's going to take care of us. And when bad things happen... It just seems to solidify the part of John 10, 10, the thief. And so we focus on the thief. But see how we see God, church, defines how we think and how we live. I'm going to say that again. How we see God defines how we think and how we live. The way we understand God will affect how we connect with him ultimately. And and it will also affect how we represent him to other people. So we have to understand God is good, God is absolute goodness, and God's intention toward us is absolute goodness. God's not out to punish you by putting sickness on you. God's not out to punish you by taking a loved one from you. God's not out to punish you and discipline you and treat you harshly. You know, one of the things that we can always understand about parenting, and of course, you know, we think about our parents, and they weren't perfect parents, but they did the best that they, they knew how. And, and the scripture discusses this, <clears throat> but we understand that any discipline that a good parent does is not something that he does to their child. It's something they do for their child. It's to help grow them. Lots of times, discipline is for the purpose of freeing you and moving you into a greater place of responsibility and a greater place of blessing. So, so prayer is a journey, and it's, it's getting to know God intimately and getting to know God's good intentions toward you. And, and I want to make sure you understand that, that prayer is a journey. It's a journey. And I just want to encourage you tonight, you know, David talked about I'm a guy that likes to pray a lot, and I do like to pray a lot. I, I pray all the time. I pray throughout the day, and then, and then I have moments where I pull away in private, and I spend time with God in prayer, but I recognize a prayer as a journey, and I'm just enjoying the ride, church, and that's what I want you to do, and that's what God wants you to do, is just enjoy the ride of fellowshipping with Him. Now, with all that being said, God's goodness is not a magic wand that we wave over our problems and they're immediately fixed. So I want to make sure that I balance what I'm talking about here tonight because I'm getting up talking about God being good and God is good and, and we all need to have that fundamental understanding. But God's goodness is not a magic wand that we're just going to take and wave over our problems and they're all going to go away. Prayer is a journey of getting to know God intimately and God's good heart toward us. And while I'm thankful for the times that I have prayed and I've had almost immediate answers to my prayers, and those are great, right? They're awesome, and they happen. There's been times I've, I've prayed for sickness to, to be defeated in my life, and instantly it was, and I've prayed for finances to come, and almost instantly they came, and I, I prayed for God to help me in an emotional battle or spiritual time in my life where I was dry, and God instantly moved in and came in and did things in my life, and I, and I love those, those moments, and I love those, those breakthroughs, but i'm also grateful for the delays and and here's why god is a builder god is a builder and here's what we've got to understand sometimes god builds our understanding through breakthroughs and answers but sometimes god is building an understanding of his faithfulness in the long haul and we've got to be able to get a hold of that too see god's faithfulness becomes evident through the stability that he builds in us through delay that doesn't waver when we don't get the answer like we thought we should or could. Does that make sense? And so think about it. If, if God were to answer every prayer that we prayed, and God were to answer that prayer immediately, like that moment that we prayed, what kind of people ultimately would we be? Spoiled? Weak? Entitled? But see, God's not going to raise kids like that. God's into raising king's kids. God's into raising men and women with a rod of iron that runs down their back that are strong and can stand against the winds and adversities of life. And therefore, sometimes God says, you know what, I'm going to delay the answer for a little while. And we can certainly see that in Scripture. Lazarus laid in a tomb for days before Jesus arrived. Now, Jesus is the life giver. And Jesus raised him from the dead. But Jesus delayed So that those people could walk into a revelation, come on, of who he is and it couldn't have come any other way. So sometimes when prayer is delayed, that doesn't mean that God doesn't have an answer for you. It just means that God's trying to bring you into a deeper understanding of who he is and move you into a deeper intimacy with him. So I want to cover two aspects of our prayer life in Christ in this session, two aspects, two important aspects of our walk with Christ as it influences our prayer. Number one, faith, understanding faith. And then number two, power, understanding the Spirit's power. And I want to look at each of these roles and kind of help us see how these uh, enable our hearts to, to walk into convictions, even when we're going through the middle of trials and difficulty. So let's just start out talking about faith understanding the gift of faith faith brings breakthroughs amen faith brings breakthroughs in our life and it's been said that enduring faith brings breakthroughs with character i'm gonna say that again because it is good enduring faith brings breakthrough with character And church, let's be all honest in here tonight. I I want my prayers answered, but but I want character too. I want both. I want to grow as a man of God. I want to grow in my spiritual strength, my spiritual knowledge, my spiritual understanding. I want my roots to go down deep with God. And so, yes, I want breakthroughs, and therefore I have to live in a place of faith, but I also want character forged in my life and i believe answers to prayer of faith are important to god but so is the christ-like character that is formed through waiting for an answer and we have to learn to persevere in prayer think of it this way if god answered everything that you wanted at the moment that you asked for it once again what kind of person would you be you know, and we don't want to be that that spoiled entitled believer. We want to be that believer that is strong and that can trust God. You know, when we pray and we receive an answer from God, it just reinforces the concept that we're co-laborers with Christ. In other words, the Holy Spirit, you know, he lays something on your heart. He convicts you to pray over a certain situation or to pray for certain people or to to you know to really begin to intercede in a certain area. Well that's a really cool concept because basically what it is is I'm partnering with the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like somebody coming to you and saying, hey, would you pray with me over this situation? Would you agree with me? How many of y'all ever read somebody say, would you agree with me in prayer over this? So you're you're literally partnering with them, right? You're like joining arms with them. You're co-laboring with them as you travail in prayer over whatever it is that you're believing God for. And we do the same thing when we do that with the Holy Spirit. But what do we do when we pray and we don't receive the answer that we're hoping for? And like I said, I'm going to speak to the heart level. I'm not going to candy coat this. I'm not going to say that prayers answered every time you pray because I've had people You know, Growing up, teach me some of these things that weren't correct, and it really caused a lot of disillusionment and disappointment uh, for me as a believer, and so I'm going to try to give it to you straight tonight. What do we do when we pray and we don't receive the answer that we're hoping for? Well, one thing that we have to do is we have to guard against creating a theology where unanswered prayer is normal, and this is what people do. We don't get answers to our prayer, so we create a theology. Now, we may not preach it out loud, but we accept it within our minds. It trickles down into our spirits, and it corrupts what God's trying to do in our life. And, we, and every single one of us deal with this. There's not a person in this room that's attempted to pray for any matter of time that you had an unanswered prayer And then the enemy wants to come and make a theology or a doctrine out of unanswered prayer in your life. And here's the thing, losing expectation is how a lot of people have protected their hearts against the frustration of delayed answers. I'm just not going to be expectant. And I watch young people, you know, I work with our interns. And, man, I must tell you, you guys, you want to get excited about God and you want to get some passion and some spark back in your life, just just come hang around some of these 20-year-olds. Because they haven't lived long enough to let doubt and unbelief and life make them jaded. See, they still have this childlike wonderment and expectation that God will actually do what God says He will do. And so I love being around that. And sometimes, yes, it is zeal without knowledge. I understand that. That's part of the, the, you know, the sin of, of youth having zeal without knowledge. But I would rather have zeal without knowledge than have knowledge without zeal. And I think that's what happens to a lot of adults as we grow older in our walk with the Lord. We build a theology uh, around unanswered prayer and we make unanswered prayer the normal thing in our life. And losing expectation is how a lot of people have just learned to protect their hearts. And, you know, I'm just not even going to pray anymore because I prayed and it didn't happen. An author I read once said Jesus didn't teach on unanswered prayer because he didn't have any. In church, I'm telling you, Jesus is our model, and that's our destiny. Now, now, you got to recognize that we're in process, okay? Jesus had the fullness of the Spirit. Jesus, you know, was the Son of God, and we're we're learning. We're growing. We're training, amen? So we're all in process. We haven't arrived at that place yet, but that's true of our destiny. you just got to remember we're in process and that God is... Daily moving in our hearts, and you know, lots of times I have learned that the reason my prayer wasn't answered is because I prayed amiss, I just wasn't praying the right thing, and that's why it didn't come about for me. It's also important to recognize that there are peaks and valleys in life, right? We all have them, that's just normal to life. There's ups and there's downs, there's peaks and there's valleys. That's just a a natural part of life, and and the same holds true in prayer. But, But here's something else I want to explain to you. There's also plateaus in life. Now, this is something that doesn't get talked about a lot, but I'm not talking about the peaks, and I'm not talking about the valleys. I'm just talking about plateaus, okay? Now, weightlifters often hit plateaus in muscle development. You know, I like working out, I really enjoy that. That's the way I decompress, and I spend time praying when I work out, and it's just something I really enjoy. But but weightlifters recognize this because they hit plateaus when they work out. In other words, you get to a point where your exercise is no longer benefiting your body. It's not benefiting your muscles at all. You repeat the same exercise over and over and over until it loses its value or its benefit for your body. So a trick that weightlifters use to overcome this plateau is they shock the muscle. It's called shocking the muscle. And so weightlifters use this to ignite new growth so that they can move into a different level in their training. So basically what you do is, is you come at the muscle from a different angle and a different exercise to create growth in the muscle. And I don't want you to get hung up on the fact that I'm talking about working out because that's not really the point of what what I'm talking about. But you have to jumpstart your muscle through change. And guess what? You have to jumpstart your faith through change. Now, what we do as people, we get locked into patterns, cycles. And then it becomes boring. Like me, when I work out. I cannot work out the same way every day. I cannot do the same exercise all the time. I'll get tired of it. I'll get bored with it, and I'll give up. And I've watched, (laughs) you know, I've been working out for years. I've watched lots of people come in and out of the gym over and over and over, and it's just because they go in there and they do the same thing. They get bored and they quit because they plateau. They stop seeing growth. And so you have to jumpstart your faith through change. And here's what I've watched people do. People often hold God hostage to one specific prayer before they will move forward in life. They get hung up on one prayer, one answer that they're looking for, and they hold God hostage with that one prayer. And so they just get stuck. And many die in that condition. They think that God failed to answer them when, in fact, they just didn't realize that they were stuck. And see, God God is the kind of God that he's going to grow us. Like the scripture says, glory to glory, right? Line upon line, precept upon precept, growth upon growth. But when you focus on one area that God needs to answer to prove himself to you, this will serve to work against your personal development. It won't work for you. And I want to encourage you. How to, and how to navigate this in your life. Now, remember, God wants us to pray. Jesus taught us to pray. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, you know, we're not those who pray and give up, turn coward, and run. No, we're those who persevere in prayer. And so Jesus gave us this model of how we're supposed to live our life as believers when we pray. But I want to encourage you if your faith has stopped growing in an area of your prayer life then you need to shock your spiritual muscle you need to shock that area of faith in your life to promote new growth. So how do you do that? Well, here will be an example, get bold. Just pray for somebody right on the spot. I mean right go outside of your normal routine like hey man, you know, so and so I've got this problem, you know, with them, and I'm really dealing with this. Would you would you please pray for me? Sure, I'll pray for you. And, you know, at some point in time, you pray for them. That's your normal routine. Break it. Shock your spiritual muscle. Hey, let's pray right now. When you're at Walmart and you're in line at the checkout, can I pray for you? I just want to pray for you right now. When you're out at the restaurant with a waiter, I mean, somebody, you see somebody limping. Hey, man, can I pray a prayer healing for you? I mean, some of you are like, whoa, boy, but what if it doesn't work? Well, what if it does? <clears throat> Listen, I would rather strike out swinging than I would sitting in the dugout, right? We, we, we got to move forward in our faith. But it's amazing. Watch how God uses your exercise of faith muscle. You just get a different angle. You go about it a little different way. If you're stuck and you don't feel like you're moving forward, then that's what I encourage you to do. Shock your spiritual faith muscle and do something different amen the second thing that i want to talk to you about is power power understanding the spirit's power so faith brings breakthrough and power brings breakthrough the reason that miracles happen is because the power of god is released through his people you know when we lay hands on somebody and they're healed or we pray for God to deliver somebody of, a, of an addiction in their life. And man, God comes in and delivers them. You know, UTC guys and, and, and you Shalom guys, you know, y'all don't know me, but I didn't get saved till I was 23 years old. I grew up in a broken home. Everybody in my family were alcoholic and drug addicts. I used to steal Coke and pot and everything from my dad all the time. I was hooked on drugs. For years and years and years. All through my high school years, I was just a dope head. I was failing out of school, just doing terrible, had no vision or anything. And then I met Jesus. And guys, I'm telling you instantly, and I'm talking instantly, God set a drug addict and a drug dealer free instantly. I mean, just bam. Never touched them again. Did them all the time. Never touched them again. So, So I understand the power of God. See, I believe in the power of God. And I've seen God do that in many, many other people's lives. All throughout these many years that I've been in ministry, I've watched God deliver so many people of addictions and struggles and things in their life. It's just incredible. And we all want to see and experience God's power. When God's power is released for transformation and change, it's fun to be a part of that, isn't it? It's like exciting to be a part of God moving and transforming people's hearts and setting people free, healing marriages, changing the way you think, delivering you from low self-esteem, setting you up in a new place in life. I mean, that's what God's power does. Miracles and signs and wonders. They're the fruit of the Holy Spirit's power in the life of a faith-filled believer. That's what the Holy Spirit's power does. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But part of that power is that God gives us the ability to endure until the answer comes. Because I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, of praying through. Praying through through because i've just never read where jesus said quit i don't really even like the word quit the the word quit is a four-letter word and it's a dirty word in my book i just don't like the word quit i'm just not going to be defeated i just can't i can't succumb to the devil winning in my life and i certainly can't succumb in the devil winning in the life of somebody that i love and i care about So, the Spirit's power in my life is so vitally important. So, here's what I'm trying to communicate. When it comes to prayer, we have to develop a lifestyle of endurance without embracing the lack of breakthrough as the norm. You cannot embrace a life of of not breaking through as a norm. Now, this is a place of tension. I understand that. It's not easy. But as we press into God and we ask God to help our hearts and minds understand his goodness and power, we can win. We can win. And like I said, this is a process. God is, God is teaching us. God is developing us. God is training us to be warriors. I can't remember uh, who it was that said this at one time. It might have been John Wesley that actually made this statement, but he, he said God gives his most difficult assignments to his most trusted warriors. And some of you tonight are going, well, I must be a trusted warrior. Hey, let me tell you something. Consider that a privilege, my friend. Consider that a privilege. The Bible says when you encounter trials of various kinds, count it as all joy. Because that means that God's, God's depending on you. God's not going to put you in a position where you're overcome. He's not going to put more on you than you can bear. Now, it may feel like it. (laughs) It may feel like it. But that's okay because God is building our spiritual muscle on the inside. So I just want to encourage you, instead of creating a lifestyle where lack is normal, get alone with Jesus and press in and get your breakthrough. You guys at TC... Get your breakthrough, your emotional struggles, your addictions, your hurt, your unforgiveness. You know, I know you guys hit, hit walls where it's just, ah, oh, I did the dumb thing again. I said that dumb, I, I messed up again. I'm, I'm having to restart again. I understand that. But, but I'm telling you, if you won't quit and you won't make failing an arm in your life, At some point in time, come on, y'all hear me? At some point in time, you will break through. It's just a matter of time. It is true. I tell the devil all the time, it's just a matter of time for you, bro. I'm coming after you. It's just a matter of time. And you think you can make me quit, but you can't make me quit because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's right, because Jesus said, I have overcome. Take heart. I have overcome the world. And he he gave us that same spirit and that same power in our own personal lives that we walk in every day. So I encourage you, cry out to God in private for breakthroughs. And then learn to take risk in public. And then if you take a risk in public and you don't see the breakthrough that you were looking for, here's what you need to do. Go back to God in private. And pray for your breakthrough. And then you go back to risk in public once again. And that becomes the cycle of our life. Amen. Until we see God do what God can do through us. We can't become a believer that's convinced more of a big devil than a big God. And I'm tired of being around a church that's more convinced of a big devil than a big God. We got a big God. We got a huge God. And I really believe that revival, that revival comes to a church that's more convinced of a big God than a big devil. You want revival in your heart? Just tell your heart, heart, God's way bigger than that devil. God's way bigger than that problem. God's way bigger than that addiction. God's way bigger than that issue in your life. And if God be for me, come on, who can be against me? But we got to understand Before an outpouring can happen in the world around us, a transformation has to happen in the world within us. And that's why I'm speaking to you at a heart level tonight about prayer. You know, my my prayer for you is that 2019 will see prayer reignited in your life. That prayer, though it may have been put on the back burner, of your life because of disappointments or delays, but you will once again move prayer to the forefront of your life and you begin to press in and persevere and don't make a theology out of unanswered prayers. I just can't, I can't stand before the Lord, church, and say, God, I gave up. And I accepted and believed the lie that you were not able to do what you said you can do. I can't stand before God and do that. And none of us in here tonight, come on, none of us can do that in here tonight. The inner transformation that has to happen in our life is going to be done through your privacy and prayer. That's where it's going to happen. So you find you a spot, whether it be in your car going up and down the road, whether it be in a prayer closet in your house, wherever it may be, walking around, you find you a spot, and I encourage you, you, you fan the flame of the gift of God within you. You don't allow discouragement to steal your dream. You know, I have a poem that I always quote, Great it is to dream the dream when you stand in life by the starry stream, but a greater thing is to fight life through and to say at the end, the dream was true. God has dreams. God has visions for all of us. We all have things that we want to do, but we're going to have to persevere in prayer if we're going to see those things come about in our life. I encourage you, to shock your spiritual muscle in 2019. Let's start this year out. You know, a lot of churches do 21 days of prayer, and I think that's a great thing just to kind of realign our priorities, get our hearts back where they need to be. But let's believe big in 2019 for the things that God has for us. Amen. Amen. Can I have an amen? Come on, let's give God a hand clap. Amen. Y'all stand with me. I'm going to pray over us. Take risks. Do something different. That's how you're going to see breakthroughs. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you tonight that you called all of us to be intercessors, people that pray. People that stand strong, believe you for answers. And God, I just ask tonight that you just release the anointing of faith to your people. God, you send us your Holy Spirit to give us power. Power to endure, power to persevere, power to believe. And Lord, tonight, we're going to be those people. God, we just ask that you help us. Help us, God. Help us to see a big God, not a big devil. Help us put our focus on the right thing. Not the problem, but the answer. God, go before us this week, and we look forward to coming back and being with you on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.